Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Train Happy Troopers. Welcome back to the Train Happy podcast. My name is Tally Rye and we are back with another bonus Q&A episode. So I'm going to get into your questions in a moment. We're going to do two questions today. But I just wanted to say, if you have a question you would like me to answer on this podcast, feel free to remain anonymous if that's what you want to do. Please send an email into trainhappypodcast at gmail.com and I'll put that in the show notes for you as well. And if you have a train happy moment that you want to share and we will feature on Monday guest episodes then also please send that into trainhappypodcast at gmail.com so like I said we have two questions today and our first question comes from Darcy Darcy said I was wondering if you could talk about intuitive movement as a way of reintroducing exercise uh, when approved by a doctor in recovery from an eating disorder. One of my main concerns is, how can you tell if you actually enjoy the exercise? Do you feel better after exercise because of enjoyment or because you feel less guilty about eating? I find it quite hard to differentiate the two. So thank you Darcy for that question and I think that's a really important topic to think about and this doesn't just apply to those in recovery from an eating disorder, this applies to everyone and actually this is a really important part of having an intuitive relationship to moving our bodies because a lot of what we've learned about exercise is very very linked to food and is very very linked to earning food, burning food, shaping our bodies and exercise has become a very key tool of diet culture and as a way to to add into the restriction. So let's think a bit deeper about what we have learned about what exercise is and so we understand why we feel, you know, feel better because um, of the potential uh you know, the idea that we feel less guilty about eating. So we have learned that exercise is about burning calories. Think about those infographics you see on social media, promoted by gyms. Um, You know, the fact that we now have calories on menus and I know there's an app I use to travel around um, that tells you if you walk to your destination instead of getting the bus then you're going to have burnt X amount of calories. So there's this constant equation that um, you have to do this movement to earn this food, to burn this amount of calories and food. And and like I said, food labeling on menus doesn't help that. Infographics um, shared online do not help that. I find those graphics so unhelpful. Um, And that's really where it's come from. So in the same vein, that's also how we learn to earn food through moving our bodies, which 
you know, is very culturally normalized because, you know, think about when we have a big event, say in the evening, then often we, you know, save up calories to go out for dinner with our friends or, um, you know, restrict during the week or, you know, don't eat as much during the week to have a big weekend. And all of these things are different forms of restriction. And we use exercise within that. So in that example of, you know, being quote, good during the week usually involves not just restricting food, but also making sure you exercise a certain amount of times between Monday and Friday so that on the weekend you feel like you can relax, you've earned it, you can do whatever you want. Um, And so that is where we really get this whole food is to be earned through moving our bodies thing. So say you have gone out for that big weekend and, you know, all the food that was off limits Monday to Friday is now available to you. So you enjoy all the foods that you've been dreaming about Monday to Friday. We then think of exercise as penance for those foods that we consumed on the weekend. So we think of them, we think of moving our bodies as I ate something the night before that I had deemed to be bad and this is my way of relieving the guilt that I feel around having that food, around allowing myself to indulge in that way. So this means that exercise is always involved in some sort of restriction. And, you know, like I've said before, and to reiterate, that really is linked to how we view food as well. And we've also learned that exercise is about restriction and and making our body smaller and that it has to have a visual uh, change to be deemed good because fitness professionals measure progress through uh, photos, through imagery and through measurements such as the scales or um, literal tape measurements. Now I want to make this point very, very clear because it frustrates me greatly. But bear in mind that the Merriam-Webster dictionary uh, defines fitness as the quality or state of being fit. And fitness is actually about, you know, being physically capable of doing a certain level of physical activity. That's not the Merriam-Webster definition I should have. That's definitely my definition. (laughs) So why, when fitness is really about our physical fitness and capabilities, is it measured through weight on a scale and photos? Because that ain't fitness. That's dieting. And they are not the same thing. Now, when I wrote my notes for these episodes, I wrote that in capital letters. I really hope that came across there. But what we have learned about fitness from diet culture is that it is only a tool to help us earn and burn food, feel less guilty about eating, and a tool to shape and and slim our bodies down. But fitness actually isn't that at all. Fitness is about improving your physical capabilities to you know achieve tasks to do certain things 
when I'm talking about fitness, I'm talking about, um, you know, your lung capacity, your strength, your stamina, your endurance. That is what fitness is. So that's why, to I think, to understand why we might be confused between, you know, do we just work out because it makes us feel less guilty about living our lives? I think we need to give it the context of like, what did we learn about exercise? And that's what we learned about exercise. That exercise is actually, it's not about getting physically fitter and stronger. Like, yeah, that's a byproduct. But the main emphasis, thanks to diet culture, is that it has to have a look and it has to result in a smaller number. And that isn't true at all. And we know that's not true. So Darcy, how do we reframe exercise? And I want to start with a few things. So we need to be mindful of the language we're using around food and movement. So with the food stuff, I'm going to direct you in the in the direction of intuitive eating and my conversations on this on this podcast with Laura Thomas, which you can find, I think it's episode one of the podcast. Um, I did a conversation with Evelyn Triboli, who is the co-founder of the Intuitive Eating Framework. She's a dietitian and she has come up with a framework to help us um, heal our relationship with food and neutralize, you know, this idea of good and bad foods and guilty and not guilty and all that stuff. So I'd really head um, to, to that work, to the Intuitive Eating book by Evelyn Tribbley and Elise Resch and to Just Eat It, the book by Laura Thomas, and I'll write those in the show notes for you. Um, but just be aware that we have a lot of language that we need to change around how we move our bodies and how we think about food. So we need to get rid of the word earn. We need to chuck burn in the bin. We need to chuck that. We need to also chuck the idea of guilt or like this is guilt-free, um, guilty in the bin. Those are all tools of diet culture to like help you feel a certain way about your body, about food and about movement. And there are many more words I could add to that list. Um, you know, thinking about the way fitness influencers online, you know, might title their YouTube videos or might title their workouts on Instagram. So lo- so often it's called fat burning, X, Y, Z, um, tone up this part of your body. Let's do a shred based workout. All of this language is diet culture based language. So be mindful of A, the language you use and B, the language you're absorbing from where you're getting your fitness information. If you find that a lot of language uh, fitness influence that, you, that you're following are rooted in this earn, burn, shred um, language, um, you know, blast, all that kind of stuff, language, then curate your feeds, unfollow, do that. So I actually recently did a post about this on Instagram, just as a really simple way we can start reframing using language around how we move our bodies. So I'm just going to add these examples in. And I have made an Instagram post on this before on my Tally Rye Instagram account. But instead of saying like, oh, I should go do that class, I should get my workout in today, reframe it to, I get to make some time for me today. I get to 
move my body, I get to choose a workout that's going to really nourish me and help me feel good. So instead of I should, it's I get to. Instead of this is a punishment or this is because I ate XYZ, we're going to say this is self-care. This is an act of self-care. I get to move my body today. It is how I'm going to care for myself. It is how I'm going to look after my mental health and my physical health. And finally, instead of the whole do this to look good, we're going to reframe it to do this to feel good. And what makes you feel good? I think feeling guilty about food and feeling like you have to compensate for that in some way, is that really making you feel good? I know it might be making you feel good in that short, you know, time after where you feel like, yeah, I burned that food off. But in the long term, does it make you feel good? And does making this mindset shift to using movement as a form of self-care actually going to help you have a sustainable approach to moving your body? And therefore, like I said, it does become a regular thing. So the next thing to do is to choose a different form of movement from the one that you did during your eating disorder. Or if you uh, have had a disordered relationship with food, I really encourage you to try something different. So if you have a strong association with running, say, and that was a big part of your disordered relationship with food, or that was a big part of your dieting life, and you're trying to distance yourself from that, then I really recommend don't run try something different so that may be the same with like whether the gym feels like that has traditionally been a place where you went during um when you were in the headspace of dieting um then you might want to choose to do something different um and you know try whether that be getting outdoors finding a new environment to be in because you may find that revisiting the that place where you had that disordered relationship with movement can start triggering those old thoughts and patterns of behavior. So just be really mindful of that. And if you are looking for some nice diet culture free spaces, then I really recommend, um, firstly, during the month of November, we're going to be doing Train Happy Tuesdays on a Tuesday night, 6.15pm over on my Instagram at Tally Rye. Quick plug for myself there. Um, but also, I highly recommend getting involved with Lauren Levelle. Uh, she does bar fitness classes and you can sign up. She has a subscription-based platform. You can sign up and take part in her classes. They're really inclusive and awesome. There's an app called Join. J-O-Y-N, which has a whole variety of workouts and some which are chair-based, some which are dance-based and and really caters for a lot of different abilities. Um, I also recommend, and I know Kanoa Green, one of the trainers on the Join app, also does a weekly uh, live on a Wednesday on Instagram and she is fabulous. I've actually done a live with her on my Instagram and she's wonderful. And then I also recommend the Become Project. Now, don't worry if you didn't note those down. I'm going to put those in the show notes for you. 
But um, just to say that there are diet culture, diet culture free fitness spaces out there. There are some amazing fitness trainers who want to create a safe and inclusive space for you to move your body and to stop slipping into those old, the old thought patterns around moving your body. So they are available. Okay, so Darcy, one of the key bits you asked was, how do we know the difference? How do we know the difference between doing the workout because, you know, like even though we might say to ourselves like, yeah, I'm doing this to feel good, that we do kind of have a relief that, oh, phew, you know, I got to burn calories or I got to, you know, compensate for whatever. Um, And how do we know it when the intention is is to just feel good? And it does come down to that. It absolutely comes down to the intention. And the intention is key. So I really need you to ask yourself, and I need everyone asking themselves, listening, like, what is my true motivation and intention behind this workout? And it might be hard to admit to yourself that maybe there are some parts of diet culture still there, which I just want to say is, 100% normal and expected because remember diet culture is the ocean and we're swimming in it right (laughs) and swimming against the tide of this stuff is is hard and it isn't we're, we're going against the grain we're going against the norm so just I want everyone to give themselves a ton of compassion about this but really investigate what the intentions are behind moving your body and you can do that through journaling I'm a big fan of just having a notebook asking the questions like why do I really work out and just making lists or really brain dumping and just getting all down on paper and if you're able to have this discussion with a therapist, have this discussion with someone who can help you really work through this stuff. Similarly, if you're able to work with an intuitive eating counsellor or uh, an intuitive movement formed, um, informed personal trainer, then they can help work through some of this stuff with you. Because it really, like I said, does come down to that intention and that motivating factor. And so you have to just investigate, like, are you still using the external metrics such as steps, calorie burn, heart rate, etc., to validate your workouts. And that would be an indicator that partly we're still, you know, toying with this idea within diet culture. And maybe you feel like you're not ready to fully commit to not doing work, to not working out because of that. Um, and I would just, like I said before, I just want you to feel just be really kind with yourself about that. Um, This takes, this process of being more intuitive takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Listening to this one podcast episode may be a really helpful guide for you on your own path, but this is your own thing to figure out. And we all do it at different times in different ways. So I just want to really drive that home. So Darcy, I hope I've helped answer your question. Maybe I've given you more questions to think about. Um, But thank you so much for sending that in. Our second question today comes from Lucy. And she says, I'm in London and we've just gone into our second lockdown. When we locked down back in March, I struggled with not being able to go to the gym. But after time, I appreciated being forced into finding new ways to move my body. 
I did some home workouts, yoga, a bit of running, until an injury took me out and lots of walking, which I enjoyed. It gave room for new thoughts around movement and the rigid structure I'd had around the gym began to loosen. That being said, I was back in the gym when they reopened and the structure slowly started creeping back in. In a way, I'm grateful for not being allowed in the gym as it forces me to reassess my relationship with my body and movement, but I also feel guilty. The novelty of home workouts has worn off and I'm not overly keen on running now that it's got colder. I don't wanna make myself do things just because I feel I should, but I also feel guilty at the thought of not doing some kind of workout regularly. I guess my question is, how do I overcome the guilt of not moving as much in lockdown and stop feeling like I'm not trying hard enough or letting myself down? Is it enough to go for walks and do yoga? Lucy, this is a fantastic question and I think it leads really nicely on from our first question today. Um, because I think, you know, potentially a lot of us are feeling the same way. So let's just remind ourselves what is going on in the context of the world. Why are we in lockdown? We're in lockdown because we're going through a global pandemic. Okay. This is a fairly big deal. I don't want to, you know, I think we're all aware of the, you know, the gravitas of the situation. So this is a global pandemic. We are not in our normal, quote, normal lives, right? And even though perhaps the initial shock has gone that we all felt earlier this year, and I think it threw a lot of us through a loop, me included, this second wave that we're experiencing, particularly in the UK, is still going to need some adjustment. Even though we've adjusted a lot, it's still going to need some adjustment and we're still coping with, with, you know, the best we can with the tools we have. And as I said uh, earlier this year, when we did go into our fir- first lockdown, this is a pandemic. It's not a fitness retreat <laughs> and it doesn't need to be a fitness retreat. But I just want to reiterate that we are each coping the best we can with the tools we have. So some of us cope by moving a lot because that's what we've, that's one of our coping skills that we've learned and we turn to exercise as a way to cope. We may turn to controlling food as a way to cope and we lean on those things quite hard during these times of uncertainty because in times of uncertainty often we can control stuff, right? And if we solely rely on controlling food and controlling exercise, that's usually going to send us into that um, controlling disordered territory. So just be aware of that. But two things can be true at once. It is beneficial for our mental health to move our bodies and raise our heart rate regularly. And... Stressing about keeping up with a strict schedule and moving our bodies from a place of guilt and fear can negatively impact our mental health. So those two things are true. You know, yes, we're hearing it from the government in the UK. The message is like, we want you to move regularly. We know it's good for mental health. Um, And we know that. But secondly, over-relying on exercise, over-committing to controlling 
your movement and your food we know can be detrimental to our mental health especially when that is motivated by fear shame guilt so just be aware of that so to answer your question is walking enough yes is yoga enough yes do you know you're better sorry (laughs) do you know your body better than a workout plan yes you do so if you when you're asking you know like is it enough to just go for walks and do yoga that is down to you that is your choice to make because you know yourself best despite what we hear and despite this need that a lot of us have to like outsource our inner knowing to other people to experts even you know potentially to me on this podcast you know to reassure you but I want you to trust yourself this being intuitive is about trusting your instincts trusting yourself to make the best choices for you your body and your mental health for some people that is going to be um, being really active right now. For some people, that is going to be completely resting. And for some people, that may just, that may be walks, that may be yoga, that may just be um, a bit of stretching at home every now and then. Because we're all individual. There's no blanket statement as to like, what is the best thing to do right now? And often in intuitive movement, we, you might hear people say, and also the concept of joyful movement you might hear people say like walking and yoga is what it is and I like to push back against that because I think actually moving your body in a whole variety of ways is joyful and fantastic but it really depends on the situation and it depends on the person so what do you need right now what does your body need if you're feeling super super stressed adding a load of physical stress to that mix might not be what you need and getting out in nature, walking, connecting to your body through the breath work of yoga, through, you know, feeling yourself moving through poses may be a really great way just to calm you down right now. So I really want to get that through. And this idea that you don't feel like you're doing enough and overcoming that feeling of guilt um, is really interesting because in the capitalist society that we live in we have learned that we have we have to determine our self-worth through our productivity levels through our work through constantly hustling ticking things off the list achieving things and that may be your workout and therefore resting seems like you know we've really all internalized rest as a lazy thing rest is laziness but I think we need to challenge that concept rest is important and necessary and you know in order to fill our cup in order to restore our energy and to you know have the healing that we might need at points rest is really important and so think about like we've said about these coping mechanisms that we've had and these learned coping mechanisms, I want you to think about that influence of capitalism within that. And so a learned coping mechanism 
in the context of that is to be busy, is to be working all the time, is to constantly be chasing the to-do list. You know, and I, I experience this, this this too. I get to the end of the day and I think, oh, what have I done? You know, even if, I, even if I've been having a bad mental health day, I kind of think, oh, I need to do X, Y, Z. I need to achieve this. Um, and part of rebelling against that is just being really kind to yourself when you're just not in the headspace or the mindset to constantly be achieving and to recognize that it's okay to just be it's okay to rest. This this has been a revolutionary thing for me too and something I'm very much still learning. But I think it's really important to bring this into this conversation because diet culture and capitalism are best friends, right? Um, and, you know, this, this idea that unless we're achieving something, we aren't doing enough, we're not worthy, is very tied to how we feel about fitness, right? Because if we're not you know, we go on social media and like, if we're not doing the the plan, if we're not following the guide, if we're not getting the before and after photos, if we're not buying the products, if we're not eating the bars and buying the shakes and doing all these things, then we don't feel like we are worthy. We're not doing enough. There's always more to do because we could be doing more and more and more. And so I think it's really important to like, think about that in the context of fitness and the context of our life, you know, outside of fitness as well so yeah just be aware that lots of us have turned to exercise in a bid to keep busy to feel worthy and to cope but Lucy you can choose a different way to cope you are allowed to cope in the way that feels right for you and we're in this lockdown I really hope (laughs) for you know the next in theory few weeks until the beginning of December and we don't know if it's going to extend. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the what how the rules may change after that. Um, so the gyms may well open, um, and you know, this potentially is a relatively short period of time in the context of this whole year. So maybe use this opportunity to rest, to slow down, to reconnect with yourself, to reconnect with nature through the walks and yoga that you spoke about. And if you feel at any point that you want to add in some extra stuff, I'm going to plug my dance party workout again. Come join me for a dance party workout. If you listen to our previous question, maybe you want to go and find a workout from uh, a fitness professional that isn't going to promote diet culture and that actually might make you feel really good and that might might be what you're looking for. So to, for all, us all to remember, rest is okay. Rest is important low impact, low intensity is important. And you know yourself best. You know yourself better than I do. So what do you need? What does your body and mind need to cope through these next few weeks? And are those coping mechanisms beneficial for you? Are we relying too heavily on one coping mechanism? How can we add more tools to the toolbox? It's also worth thinking about that as well. Right, I think I've chatted enough today. Um, Thank you, Lucy, again for your question. And if you would like to have your question answered on a future Q&A episode of this podcast, or you would like to share your train happy moment with us, which is featured on our Monday episodes, then please get in touch via trainhappypodcast at gmail.com. 
Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please do follow us on social media. You can find us at Train Happy Podcast on Instagram. I would love to hear your thoughts and feedback on this episode. And please feel free to rate rate us give us you know five stars if you want to but I also appreciate your feedback and I will speak to you next week thank you so much bye-bye everyone here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.